This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. This week on Still Ripples, God calls us to show love towards one another, and sometimes we just don't. and welcome to this week's Still Ripples. I'm Greg. And I'm Ryan. Uh, guys, we are going to be doing an outpour uh, today. And it, Brian actually kind of messaged uh, later this afternoon uh, about something that uh, I feel very passionate about, and, yeah. um, the topic itself. Uh, I'll let Brian give the title because he's got a, it's an amazing title here. Essentially, it's going to be called, uh, as you can probably see now because I'm sure it's on the video, but it <laughs> says, Open Arms and Heavy Hands When Christians Eat Their Own. And what had happened was, uh, I'm not going to tell you all the specifics, but uh, essentially it's a, it's a story that each one of us probably has somewhere in our lives or we've experienced somewhere in our lives. But I was on uh, I was on one of the social media last night, and I was just reading uh, one of my favorite uh, guys to read, and uh, he puts a lot of inspirational quotes online. And he had said something that some people didn't like, and all of a sudden, just all these hate messages started coming out. And I'm like, I'm sitting there reading. I'm like, no, no, stop, stop. What are you doing? And these people claim to be you know listeners listeners of his program and everything. And then all of a sudden, he's you know he says something, and they disagree with, and they start trashing him. Some of them, I'm never gonna listen to you again, and and oh, you've you've ruined your credibility in, in comments like that. And I'm like, wow. I mean, and the thing that kept registering in my mind over and over again was, what if somebody that is not a believer sees this, and they're like, or, or somebody that's on the cusp of accepting Christ and everything, they're like, well, you know, you know, they reached a breaking point in their life. They're reaching that crossroads, and they're like, you know, hey, I'm I'm thinking about doing this. You know, they're, they're feeling the Holy Spirit tug on their heart. Then all of a sudden they see all these reactions from some people claiming to be Christians, commenting on someone else who's a Christian, and just trashing them and waylaying them and just pounding on them. And I'm like, what is this? Well, and the one of the really impactful things about this uh, particular topic is as Christians were called to show God's love. Yeah. And in, in Christianity... There are people that have um, different views on different things. Uh, not every Christian agrees with every other Christian. There are people with different uh, opinions and uh, different views. And to the point, uh, and we're not saying the foundational views. Yeah, uh, I do want to clarify that. Yeah. Um, you know, just like we've mentioned in some of our other videos, you know, uh, you can only have stringed instruments in your church. You can only uh, walk on one side of the street. You can only talk to certain people, whatever. You know, those kind of things, they're, they're different opinions that people have and different uh, views like that. As Christians, we're going to run into that. But if we're fighting against ourselves, if we're fighting against each other over... 
um, a disagreement. And it might be that somebody who is uh, famous for being a hater of Christians made one comment that actually um, had great meaning and great depth. And we give uh, value to that one comment in saying, you know what, what he said here is impactful. It's very good. Doesn't mean that we support every tiny thing that the person uh, agrees with or uh, teaches. In fact, we even went over this in, uh, you know, love the sin or hate the sin. Yeah. Uh, and that's 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 a very uh, extreme uh, view that some people take that they will dissolve all credibility of someone based on one comment, based on one uh, phrase that they said, and not necessarily understand the full spectrum of why they're saying that. Well, I can love the sinner and hate the sin. We were talking about how, you know, you love the human being. You know, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't love what they do, but you love the human being, and you don't allow action to become the person or whatever, and, and define, and completely define who the person is, but... Uh, some people do just the opposite, though. I mean, with the with the Christian or whatever, with their brother or whatever, they do one thing, and you're like, well, that has tainted their entire life. And it's like, no, they they may have made a mistake. They may have been may have been wrong about something. They may have a differing opinion or whatever. But it isn't a foundational doctrinal belief or whatever. Uh, and in in that sense, you know, we we lose sight that we live in a fallen world. Yeah. Every person is a sinner. Christians are sinners saved by grace. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not perfect. It's yeah. it's seeking that forgiveness, and this is this is saying in uh, you know committing a sin that there are people out there that are so terrified of uh, coming to a Christian because of the possibility of the condemnation that 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 individual who's supposed to be showing God's love and showing the forgiveness when they see how we treat each other, yeah. it. It, it, why would they even remotely want to get close to that if that's how we treat each other when we get into a more uh, personal, closer relationship with each other? Yeah, and you hit on something important there, uh, Greg, and that's what I was thinking about when I was reading this is where is the forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Where is the forgiveness? And people, they see this, and if we're not willing to forgive each other, mm-hmm. If you're not willing to forgive your brother, I mean, someone that, mm-hmm. that is like-minded like you in reference to Christ and everything... I mean, how do you expect God to forgive you for what you've done? I mean, you're not willing to forgive someone else. Well, and the the other thing about that, you know, what sins are we guilty of exactly. that we need that forgiveness for? And you and and not to interrupt you, but oh, you, yeah. you hit on something very important there when you were talking about uh, you know forgiveness and everything, and talking about what the world sees us in our lives and everything. You know, Billy Graham once said, and probably continues to say, you know, we are we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds of the world. The, we are, excuse me, the creeds the world is needing. We are the sermons the world is heeding. And so, like you're saying, you know, what message are you putting out there? What mm-hmm. sermon? What? Uh, because we're supposed to, procl- as you said, mm-hmm. proclaim God's love. We're, as Billy Graham said, we're the Bibles that they're reading. And so they see us, and that correlates the, in their minds to who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no, we've got to show them who Christ is. We we don't need to show them uh, the flesh, yeah. And and what and, and the worst the flesh can be. No, we need to show mm-hmm. them Christ, and we need to show them what the world does not show them because yep. they've already seen all this. They've already seen anger. They've already seen hatred, mm-hmm. and the worst that human beings can give, they need to see 
the greatest thing mm-hmm. that can ever be shown, and that is uh, who Christ is, mm-hmm. his love for us. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing about this world. This world doesn't have much of a standard. It will, you can ultimately be anybody you want to be, no matter what, no holds barred, anything like that. And Christians are already painted out to be, and we covered this in, uh, I think it was like the very first pro- podcast of what is a Christian. Christians are painted to be these uh, bigoted, homophobic, evil hate mongers who are, you know, the cause of a majority of the world's problems. But it's it's quite the opposite. We can't feed into this by by eating each other, by attacking each other. We we need to truly come together and you know let those kind of bygones be bygones. Find that solid foundation that Christianity is founded on and build together because as we begin to fight each other we've got other battles that are being waged across this nation across this world and we're bickering and fighting amongst ourselves yeah i mean there's spiritual warfare going on all the time and yet we're supposed to be the workmen and we're fighting each other that mm-hmm. makes that makes no sense why the body of christ would be fighting itself yeah i mean it's the it's as if the left hand was cutting the right and the foot was kicking the face and I mean it's it sounds funny when you when you look at this picture but that's what's happening is we even in the simplest of terms we hear that someone is a different religious belief um, in 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 the Christian faith and there's times that we won't even acknowledge they exist we won't talk to them we feel awkward around them it's like oh well I uh, and the fact of the matter is, they fall under the exact same uh, banner that we do when it comes to a sinner saved by grace. And that's that's kind of the thing that I'm wanting to to, to hammer home is number one, we're n- nobody's perfect, and nobody has all of the answers, but we can all focus on Christ and His love, and look to Him. For that wisdom, yes, there are going to be people that we disagree with, and there's a proper—I'm sorry, there's a there's a proper way to disagree. And by religious belief, you mean like doctrinal, oh, or yes, more like yes. a denominational, right? First uh, John, or excuse me, John 13, verse 34 through 35 state: I, "A new commandment I give to you that." that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one love one for another. And so that's important because it, he, he's, he's commanding it. He even states it is a commandment yeah. to love one another. And so whenever you're jumping on somebody and telling them that they're wrong and they're sinful and all this, and it's like, well, he gave us a commandment also to love and be sure you're doing that yeah. as well. Well, I and mean, the the last part of that verse, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. Yeah, my dad, I was talking to him on the way, or not the way here, but earlier today, and I was like, you, you talk about all this stuff that, that Christianity is known for and, and a lot of this ill stuff that we're known for, and it's like, is that one of the things that we're known for, love? Mm-hmm. But that is not the thing that's brought up in conversations. It's all this other stuff. It's, it's as you said, hate-mongering and stuff. And when we bicker among each other, it's like that that validates that opinion. Mm-hmm. That validates that side of it, and that's wrong. 
Then there was, uh, there's another, uh, there's a series of verses I want to share. I may not share all of them, but uh, there's John 15, 12 through 17, which states, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you, uh, call you slaves, for uh, the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father and I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask, uh, ask of the father in my name, he may, uh, he may give to you this I command you that you love one another. And at the, so at the, at the end, you know, he tells them all this stuff, and at the end, he again makes the commandment. This I command to you to love one another. But he tells them, he goes, this is what's going to happen if you follow this commandment and everything. He goes, you can ask uh, of my father anything in my name, and I may give it to you. Mm-hmm. Or he says he, he, he may give it to you. And then he says, again, this I command to you to love one another. So he's telling them again. So think about that also, you know, Stuff that that you know, legitimate things that you're asking of God. You know, you know, God, give me wisdom and this and that. And then you go off and then you bash your brother. I mean, it's like, and then, and then you, oh, I'm getting mad at God because He isn't giving me what I asked, and I'm asking good things of my heart. But it's like, well, you're not loving your brother though. You're not even following the commandment that He gave you. So it's like you've got to follow what He told you. I mean, you've got to be obedient. Mm-hmm. I mean. You can't sit there and, and just pray uh, pray and say, God, you know, give me this, give me that. God will say, hey, you know, that that is legitimate stuff you're asking for, but what are you doing for your brother? What are you doing for him or for her or your sister or whatever? I, you were just bashing them the, uh, the other day. You were bringing them down instead of helping lift them up. And so, no, I mean, that's wrong. You should, as it says, love one another. 1 John 3, 23-24 states... This, this is his commandment that we believe in the name of, of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. I mean, again, that's John looking back on what you know Christ had said, and he's saying again, he's, he's, he's writing a letter to everyone else, and he's telling them this is what he said. He said, keep his commandment and his commandment was to love to uh, love one another and that's that's what the world needs to see and there's also first john 4 7 through 21 i mean th- this whole section is even titled you know god is love in uh and this is new american standard version that i'm reading out of it says beloved let us love one another for love is from god and everyone who loves is born of god and knows god The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God has manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be a savior of the world, to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. 
We have come to know and, to, and have believed that the love which God has for us, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By, by his, excuse me, by this love, by this, love is perfected in us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because he is, because as he is, so also are we in, the, uh, we in this world. There is no fear in love, because perfect love casts out, uh, excuse me, let me uh, get back on that. There is no fear in love, but because love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. For this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. I mean, that right there... I mean, it's really long, but verse 20 really stands out to me. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar for for the one who uh, does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God for whom he hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we're here with each other. I mean, they're... Whenever, whenever I say I love someone, that's that's a, that's a chance for evidential love right there. That they can see, I can express it, I can, uh, you know, express it both more than just words, but with actions with that person, and it can be seen, mm-hmm. and it can be shared. But if I do just the opposite and express hate, but then I turn and say, well, you know, God, I love you, and I love you, and even though I don't see you, I love you, that's nothing. Those words mean nothing. Yeah, you know, another side to this is the forgiveness that we're called to give. Uh, in Matthew chapter eighteen, um, verse twenty-one, uh, it's called the parable of the unforgiving servant. Um, verse twenty-one: Then Peter came to him and said, "Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times?" Jesus said to him, "I do not say, I do not say to you, up to seven times." but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But when he threw... But then... (laughs) Sorry. But when and threw him into eh, prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what had been done, they went very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had caught him, and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. 
So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That right there, as Christians, we're called to forgive. So great is the sin that we are forgiven of. Yeah. We are forgiven of everything. And, and you know, if, if a Christian brother can't forgive one another... What does that say to a world of unforgiveness? Mm-hmm. What, is, what does that show? Well, I mean, it's, they're going to look at all these other religions and they're going to go, well, the Christian message is no different. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as, you know, as we've said, you know, most people won't take the opportunity to actually pick up the Bible and read it and go, wait, they're, they're acting different than what the Scripture says. And then they'll go, oh, well, that's different than, than they're not really following Scripture. But no, they're going to they're gonna look at the example that, that people are setting, that we're setting, and they're going to go, oh, well, I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a better person than that. I don't want any of that. And, and exactly. And it's like, wow, you know. And when I was driving, I was talking to my dad, and I was like, you know what? Sometimes I think, like, sometimes I wonder, and I, and, you know, and, and I kind of think, uh, you know, how many people have I turned away when I make that wrong comment? You know, mm-hmm. how many people have... You know, and you, and, and, and you should take accountability on yourself and your actions and everything. And you should think, you know, I need to be careful with my words and my actions mm-hmm. because somebody else is always watching. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is always, I mean, you're always, every day of your life, you're giving a testimony. Yeah. You may not be, you know, I guess, attentively giving it or whatever, or being, mm-hmm. uh, you're, I mean, you're unconsciously uh, many times giving mm-hmm. a testimony because people are watching you. Mm-hmm. And the second that you stumble, they're there and they're like, oh, I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that. You know, and it's it also goes to show how do you how do you react to these things? Like Brian said, there are people that are watching you day in and day out. If you especially if you proclaim Christ, they are just waiting and waiting and waiting for you to fall or stumble or trip up. In a lot of cases, so they can say, Oh, see, see, they're they're just like everybody else. They're not super anything. And it's how you you act after that happens. Do you how, how do you approach it? Do you say, you know what, yes, I I made a mistake, seek forgiveness, and carry on, or do you do what the world does? I mean, that's an excellent point, because one of the things that will surprise you is when someone does confront you with that, you know, you know mm-hmm. confirm them and say, you know, you're right, I did something wrong, I'm sorry, I'm mm-hmm. sorry that I gave you a poor example. Mm-hmm. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that'll take people off guard because, especially because they see the sincerity. Because most people in the world want uh, the one thing that they do want is someone that they can believe, someone mm-hmm. that they can trust. Because the media lies to them, mm-hmm. their political figures lie to them, even their own family sometimes mm-hmm. lies to them, which is really sad. Well, but they want somebody that they can believe and they mm-hmm. can trust, and they see that in your life, they're going to mm-hmm. be like, I want that. What mm-hmm. is that about you? Mm-hmm. And then you point to Christ and say, "This is the one who lives mm-hmm. in me and in my life, and this mm-hmm. is this is who is living in me." Yeah. And you know how we as Christians approach problems should be completely different than than what this world deems as normal. The world is a very eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth kind of uh, uh, place, whether we acknowledge it's it or not. Of the yeah, more, it, it, it is. Yeah, and. As a Christian, we don't always have to take the world's way of vengeance. There, is, there are laws and there are consequences. But as Christians, we don't have to push that envelope. We don't have to go to that next level. We don't have to stomp someone into the ground when they're down. Um, you know, in in my family situation with the accident, we had every right to press 
as hard as we could against the 16-year-old that caused us such pain and sorrow. But the one thing that we wanted to push through this entire thing was forgiveness, was compassion. It was an accident. It happened. By the world's standards, we should deem any piece of compensation we can from him and tear him apart and bury him under the prison and da-da-da-da-da. But that wasn't our message. We went to the extent of what the law would have done. And that was it. We didn't push on. We didn't push forward. We didn't try to get that much more. That's something that just blows the world away when they see how we react to issues. As, as Brian said, if someone comes up to you and tries to wag their finger in your face, say, ha ha, you screwed up, you did this, da da da, or even in an accusational thing, if you did it, then seek that forgiveness. Say, you know what, you're right. I, I messed yeah, up. Maybe you're unaware that you did it. You may have mm-hmm. misspoke or whatever and go, you know what, you, you heard, I didn't realize I did that. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's that repentance, mm-hmm. you know, showing that, you know, we make mistakes. And that's, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we're called to do is confess our sins to Christ, to seek that forgiveness. It It's, it, and in that, it also shows that, one, you're a person. You make mistakes. Number two, that gives them that much more confidence that if they stumble, if they fall, they can come to you in confidence and just ask for prayer or uh, advice or anything of that nature. And it's also showing them something else. It's showing them a transformed life. It is. Is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Greg and I were talking about this quote beforehand. It's, it's one of my... Uh, it's. It's a sad quote, but it's also one of my favorites. It's by uh, Brennan Manning. It says, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply call- finds unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really point blank on it. Uh, another uh, passage, and I'm not going to read it, but I'll just uh, point it out to you. It's one of my favorite uh, passages in Scripture. It is... Uh, <clears throat> Got it right here. Exodus 32, 30 through 32. And the reason why I point that out, and I'll give you the backstory if you're, you don't have your Bible out right now, and that's when uh, Israelite, the Israelites had sinned. They had built the uh, golden calf, and uh, Moses had went and talked to God. Basically what he does is he intercedes on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one part I will read is what he says... On that in verse 32, he says, But now, if you will forgive their sin, and if not, blot me out from your book, which you have written. How many of us would be willing to say that? You know, these mm-hmm. people are clearly wrong. They've sinned against God. And then say, you know what? You know, forgive them, Lord. You know, forgive them. And if you won't forgive them, then blot me out. Blot mm-hmm. me out. You know, be willing to take that blame mm-hmm. on yourself. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, how many of us are, are willing to put ourselves in that situation when he could have said, you know what, Lord, they did bad. You are right. Go ahead and, and take care of them. Because mm-hmm. God at one, point in, at one point in time it told Moses, he goes, I can make a nation out of you. Mm-hmm. And Moses was saying, please forgive them. He was interceding on their behalf. And in that we're given a, uh, a, a, a an image of what godly forgiveness mm-hmm. is and how yeah. we should act. Well, and it's it also shows a drawing together that, uh, to the point, God could have made a nation out of just Moses, mm-hmm. but he interceded for his people. Peter, 
when it came to forgiveness, 70 times 70, you know, Jesus was illustrating this picture. It's it's not about us. Yeah. It's about everybody. Yeah. And one thing uh, I just thought of that, you know, we look at Scripture and we see mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes that people mm-hmm. make. Yes, they're, they're in there, they're in Scripture, but one of the things that you can glean from that is when you see all these mistakes, you see the the validation to God's previous comment when he said, I am the Lord your God and long-suffering. Mm-hmm. And you see all these mistakes people make and then you see the forgiveness that comes with it and you're like, wow. And then, and then Christ gives you a measure of that mm-hmm. later on and it's like, wow. So all the way through this, God is forgiven and forgiven and forgiven. Mm-hmm. And then he, and, and then scripture tells us to go and do the same. Yeah, It's like, not wow. an easy task that we put forth. Believe me, you can... You can ask these guys, when it comes to things of politics, I get fired up. And uh, I was actually talking with Craig beforehand uh, about some of the stuff. And yeah, I I get riled up, but it's it's also a gut check that there are people out there that, that need Christ. There are people that make decisions based on the things of this world. Not everybody has the same mindset and view that I do. But if I show them nothing more than what this world is, then, you know, what what's the difference? Yeah, and then when, how are they going to say the news of Christ is the good news? Exactly, exactly. When when we can when we can profess God's love and show them something different, yeah. again, it's easy to fit into this world. It truly is. It is hard to stand out in it because when you stand out, you're going to come under so many different attacks. And as a Christian. Why should we attack that person? Why not stand up next to him and be that support? Yeah. You know, when Moses had to hold uh, aloft the rod so that the children of Israel could be winning the fight, there were people around him that would hold his arm up when he couldn't do it anymore. It was that strength. It wasn't, man, you are really weak. You're pathetic. You can't keep your arm up holding yeah. that stat. Without you, they don't win. Well, and it also shows that uh, Moses didn't have to bear it all himself. Right. God gave him people to help him because, mm-hmm. you know, God isn't a God to just sit there and go, you know, individuals have to do everything themselves. No, mm-hmm. we're his church. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're called the body of Christ. A church is a gathering mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. It is, well, it's not just you, it's yeah. not just me, it's not just this podcast or whatever. It's, it's many voices. Yeah but all professing praise mm-hmm. to God and, and His Word. Well, even the Scripture says where two or more are gathered. It doesn't yeah. say where one is gathered, there am I. It says where two or more are gathered. We're, we're to, to group up, to team up, to support one another, uh, to grow in Christ together. It's not a one-man show. Um, you know, this, this podcast, in my opinion, wouldn't be possible if just one of us was doing it. You know, ministries, churches, things like that. You know, even when the disciples went out, they were told to go in pairs when they went to, you know, talk to people and things of that nature. Yeah, well, we need people to keep us accountable too. Exactly. And when that accountability comes, you know, understand that, number one, if you're that accountability partner that someone's confided in, which is really what we're focusing on, be the open arms of Christ. Don't be the clenched fist ready to bash that person down. The fact that they trust you enough to to pour their heart out, be understanding. Be firm if they need to be firm. Be that shoulder for them to cry on if that's what they need. You know, let the Holy Spirit guide you in that. Yeah. 
you know. And at the same time, if you are that person that needs accountability to, to talk to somebody, be willing to open up. Yeah. You know, be willing to be that person to hold up their arms when they can't praise anymore or pray mm-hmm. and they're, they're just so broken. You have to be the person there to lift up their hands to God and say, you know, continue on. Let's do this. I mean, dust, let's dust you off and let's get you back on, you know, mm-hmm. you know, back in right yeah. with God. There's a, a saying that Christians are notorious for burying their wounded while they're still alive. We need to break this. We've got to get past this. And if somebody's wounded, don't kill them just so we can bury them out back. We need to build each other up. You know, we need to speak the words of healing and encouragement and love and compassion. And if somebody has a a viewpoint that you disagree with, then there are ways to say, I disagree without destroying somebody or giving this world what it already believes it sees in Christianity of, oh, you're just like we are. You fight amongst yourselves, so why should I waste my time? Show them the love of God. Show them what it means to truly be a Christian. Just one quote I wanted to leave you with uh, is by Clarence Jordan. It says, The measure of a Christian is not in the height of his grasp, but in the depth of his love. If you would uh, join us in prayer. Our demonstrationally Father, Lord God, we come to you uh, tonight, Lord God, um, uh, praying that you would give us a servant's heart and, Lord God, just just help us to understand the forgiveness that you've given us so that we might give it to others, Lord God. I pray that uh, we would think before that we act, Lord God, that uh, you would just help us as a Christian nation to to grow together as as uh, as your your body, your your hands, your feet as, as we're called to go out, Lord God. And I pray that uh, if there's anybody who needs to ask forgiveness, that, that you would give them the boldness and, and the courage to step out and ask for that forgiveness. And Lord, if it's somebody that's giving forgiveness, Lord God, that we would be able to forgive uh, as you have forgiven us, Lord. I pray that if there's anybody out there that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord God, that, that they would come to know you before it's too late, Lord God, and that they would see the forgiveness and the love that you share that uh, this world uh, seems to be so lacking in at times, Lord. And God, again, thank you for this ministry and the blessings you've given us and uh, all the things you do for us. In your holy name, pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, there's tons and tons of ways to uh, get in touch with us through our website at www.stillripples.org. Um, On there, you'll find our wonderful Facebook page and uh, the blogs. Yeah, Google+. Mm -hmm. We also have a discussion board that hasn't been very active, but we'd like to to extend extend that to you, extend some challenges to us, Mm -hmm. uh, topics or whatever you would have us discuss. We'll look them over and we'll we'll pray about it and we'll get in Scripture and we'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. If you've got any uh, comments or anything like that, feel free to leave them down below again. Please be respectful uh, to one another and to us. We're more than willing to read and uh, have those discussions, and it might even be the next Still Ripples. Who knows? So, as always, guys, we love you all. Take care. God bless. Our closing music in this episode was How Great Thou Art, 
arranged and performed by Judson Hurd. His music can be found at judsonhurd.com. That's J-U-D-S-O-N-H-U-R-D.com. It was licensed for use in this podcast through Mevio's Music Alley, which can be found at music.mevio.com. That's music.mevio.com.